0: very loud. I'm also going deaf, so I don't even sometimes know I'm talking loud, but uh, I was in a church service in Canada, and as I was speaking, all of a sudden, the guy that was running the sound booth, he was going like this, like, cut it. And uh, I said, can I help you? And he said, yes. He said, your mic's not working. We can't turn you down. And (laughs) Well, sure. a real joy again. I've been I've been looking forward to it. I've been counting the days. <clears throat> I've been traveling across Canada, United States, Israel, Guatemala, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I look forward to being here. And you know, four years ago when I was given the invitation uh, to come and to share the word of God, I, I knew that that it was a privilege. And 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 I'm I'm so thankful to the pastors that that hold to the truth, to the protect this pulpit. Because I can tell you across Canada United States and in many other countries, the pulpit is not protected and and that that the name of Jesus is no longer preached in many churches. I was in a Baptist church where they just said, "You know you can come and talk about how you are Jewish you know and how and, and maybe how you got saved, but don't talk about Jesus and I thought, well, how do I tell him about uh, I got saved if I can't tell you about Jesus you know because he's the one that saved me and i and, but it's happening again and again and again, and so uh, I, I love to tell people about uh, about this church. Uh, that if they're looking for a place, and I, as I travel across different parts of California, if you're traveling through, to be able to, here's a place that you can come. Also, about the radio program, and that, that people can listen to a godly programs uh, from different sources. You know, and like, and even Friends of Israel is on is on there, and that's who I work for, Friends of Israel. I'm in my 25th year with Friends of Israel. As, and, they, and they have sent me out to all different places. And one of the things we're praying for is actually ministries here in California to reach out to the Jewish people. And as we were coming down 101, I noticed a number of Jewish places that I don't think anybody's reaching out to them. I'm not saying there isn't, but I don't know of anybody. Because we have, we have a guy that travels across California. And we're looking for workers to be able to go tell Jewish people, to hand them the Bible, uh, to go to their synagogue, become friends. And and show them you know what it means to be a Christian you know because they see and hear a lot of things from off the internet the television and again it's not it's not what we really want to have them hear but that's what they do hear they they also have a, a very negative uh, perspective because of the Holocaust that took place in the nineteen in, in the nineteen thirties and forties and they've been told all kinds of things but you know when you go to Israel one of the things you do see is all the different trees that are planted at Yad Vashem. And it was about the righteous Gentiles that were willing to rescue them and even give up their lives. Many of them are, were born-again Christians that gave their lives to save Jewish people. But there was, a, there was a Jewish man that came to save his people. But for the most part, they don't want to know who he is. And so tonight, I want to take you through the gospel so that if you ever have an opportunity to share the gospel with Jewish people, you know, uh, and, and you say, well, maybe we have no Jewish people around us. Well, I know, I know there's some Jewish people here, but uh, if you pray, you'd be amazed at what God will do. <laughs> he, he's, he's not short. But tonight, as, as, as I speak to you about the gospel, I wanted to start off with this saying, and I hope that it impacts you. I hope you'll remember this for the rest of your life. Because I want to talk to you about repentance. Through faith, by substitution of reconciliation of God's propitiation for the remission of sins, to the regeneration of God's redemption through a process of imputation, of adoption, which through the supplication and the justifications which we are brought to the sanctification by his election, and then foreknowledge of all his attributes, which predestine us to his wonderful righteousness, where he, through glorification, prepares us for heaven. I hope you remember all that. Now, if you were Jewish... <laughs> This finger starts to wave, you know, and you can't help it. And there's times when people say things that are just contrary and my hand goes up and I, you know, it'll even vibrate you like, wait a minute. And that's usually the next thing that comes out of your mouth. Wait a minute, wait a minute. And then the head starts going, that's not possible. Watch Fiddler on the Roof. Watch a Jewish movie. You you see that they can't help themselves. I can't help myself. But what is this all about? It was like, I was right over my head. I always like to go over people's heads because we, we want to look up. <laughs> we want to look up and see him. But it's the mo- about the most wonderful song, and I already mentioned as we were singing. It's the most wonderful song. It's the most deepest theological song that's ever been written. Most people think that it's just a children's nursery song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, but where does it say that in the Bible? That Jesus loves me. Well, we could go to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. And, we're, and we're just, I'm just going to quickly read a couple. And this is what it says. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the flesh of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus loves me. I mean, my other favorite portion, and there's many, even the words of Jesus in John 15, nine and 12, but I love this one in Revelation chapter one, because these are also the words of the Lord Jesus. As, as he gave them to John through his servants. He says in verse 5, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Amen. It is so simple. And tonight, I want to take you, I, 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 I think I was given about 45 minutes but I want to take you from Genesis to Revelation. And, and if, you, if you have nothing before 2 o'clock, we could do it. <clears throat> but we'll, no, we'll keep to the time. Uh, I want to take you right through a very simple gospel message, beginning in Genesis. When we look at the word in, in John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And I know I've shared a little bit about this last time, but it's a little bit different message as to where I'm going with this gospel. It's the same gospel message, but it's using many other scriptures. Is that the very first word in the Hebrew in Genesis 1-1, when it talks about in the beginning, the Hebrew word is Barashit. Bar is son. Ish is man. And "t" is the mark, It is the cross. You can go to the Jewish symbols in, in the Hebrew symbols, and you can see it's not something that you can just make up. That the very first word is a gospel message about a son, a man, and a cross. And that from the very beginning, God from eternity past was thinking of you with a son, a man, and a cross. Barashit, in the beginning, the gospel. And God wanted to give that gospel to everyone. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, And I will will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise his heel. And unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. Is that there was a coming a day that the woman would be in sorrow. Just as we keep reading, there would be a day now that the man would be in sorrow. It's because of sin. And sin would change everything from the relationship with a personal holy God. That all have sinned. And see, when you sin, it wasn't asking you, I sinned yesterday. Okay, I'll just say I'm sorry. When God sets out the commandments, as James would say, if you break one, you've broke them all. He didn't say that when they do it once. No, from when I do it from, from the time that I'm created until the time I take my last breath. If I break it once, I am worthy of death. But the commandments which are holy and righteous and true were to teach us about a God who is holy, righteous and true, and that the standards are very high. But God knowing that there's, there's no way that man can ever meet it. Because all of us sinned. We can't help ourselves. You know, when people say, have you ever lied? You know, put up your hand if you've never lied. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have been able to put up my hand. Uh, I've lied. I, I remember my dad, I, I, and I have a little mark here on my finger. And it's just one of those 627 million is that, I, my, I was using my dad's knife, and my and I was whittling, and my dad says, "Don't whittle like that. You're going to cut your finger." Oh, I won't cut my finger. I never even got the words out of my mouth. No, I won't. And swoop, and off, there it was. And and I, I squeezed my finger. It was squirting out. I put a rag around it. It was blood. Starting. Dad said, "Did you cut your finger?" No, I didn't cut my finger. You know, I mean, every time I look, you're a liar. And I broke all the commandments. I was not worthy of death. Well, that's just a little fib. It's just a little white lie. No, it's a lie. And we were worthy of death. And I was worthy of it. But that God was going to send someone because of what Satan had done, what Eve had done, what Adam had done. The woman who was deceived and God did not hold the woman the same responsibility as he did the man. Because you can go to Timothy. It was because Adam did it knowingly. The woman was deceived. Adam did it knowingly. God did not tell the woman. God told the man. In fact, it, and, it, and it says that, that in the days that Adam was with her. The Hebrew is emphatic. It's ema. He couldn't have got any closer. He should have been in, in the front. But he was being the coward. And men, we tend down through the years. Unless we got bazookas or a whole bunch of bullies or people, we we tend to cower. It's because it happened in the garden. And that sin, we're attracted to sin. And the things that we see and the things that we do. and, And we can't help ourselves. I mean, people that gamble. People that drink. People that fight. People that, you know... Uh, once you've committed adultery, it, it, you can't help. help you just want to keep going. It, 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 like people that quit drinking and they'll, de- they'll be dry for maybe uh, two, three months. And then they'll think, oh, and they go off the deep end. Why? Because within their blood system, little bubbles are popping in there that, that, wanting those desires. It's sin, just, it's entrenched. And it, and it keeps coming again and again. And Satan is not busy, not, not stopping. He's throwing his fishing line out. It worked last time. you know. And he's trying to pull us in. Only Jesus can help us. And it's through the gospel that God planned it. I, I, I shared this last year you know, about Genesis 5, about the 10 names of Noah and how many people read Genesis 5 and they just flip through the chapters. But it's in those 10 names that the whole salvation, the gospel plan is laid out. Because Adam's name means red man. Seth means appointed. Enos is mortal. Canaan is sorrow. Mahaliel means blessed God. Jared come down. Enoch teaching. uh, Methuselah, his death will bring it. And Lamech, despairing. And Noah, comfort. You put it together and it says this. The red man appointed mortal because of sin. And unto sorrow because of sin. But the blessed God comes down teaching. His death will bring it to the despairing comfort. When God would come down to teach about his death, is that he'd bring comfort. And Jesus said, Unless I go away, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, cannot come. But if I go up, he will come. And when he went up on the 40th day after resurrection, on the 50th day, the Holy Spirit came. And when we ask forgiveness of our sins, he comes to live within us. That we've been given the mind of Christ. Who can counsel the Lord? It says that in 1 Corinthians 2.16. But we have been given the mind of Christ. And if you don't know, you have the Holy Spirit to ask. If if, if you're not getting the answers that you're you're needing, God put Holy Spirit within the pastors that were to give an account for for the souls of those that come amongst them. And and it's a holy calling to hear what God has said through his Son, by his Spirit, through his messengers. And so that we can teach and to grow and to go deeper in our walk and our talk. But in Genesis chapter 12, the gospel is given to Abraham. He says in verse 3, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What what, what, What do families make up? Well, clans, nations, people groups, all over the world. And that the gospel was going to come so that every single home, every single family, whosoever will, may come. He says that again in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 17. It's at the Oaks of Mamre. Today it's known as Hebron in Israel. And he says in verse 17, as the Lord is speaking to him, shall I hide from Abraham, that very thing that I do, seeing that he shall become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. This is the gospel. I mean, if you're, if you're Jewish, you're, I mean, if you're Gentile, wait a minute, how is it every man, woman, child, Jew, Gentile, young, old, can be blessed? And this is how the gospel starts to get laid out. He says in Genesis chapter 22, this is on a mountain known as the mountain of God. It is known as Mount Moriah. If you were to go to Israel or if you've been to Israel, God said in Deuteronomy 16, 16, in the place in the place that I put my name, this is, in Hebrew, this is the hand of God. It is called the God of peace and the, and the peace of God. When the high priest would take his hands together, never raising them over his head, as he brought them together, he would lower them down and bring a blessing down on the people of God. The God of peace is bringing the peace of God. Paul picks it up in Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 and 9. He talks about the peace of God and about the God of peace in verse 9. It's about that, that blessing coming down upon the people. And so as this blessing would come down, God says, in the place that I put my name three times a year, you'll come worship me, Plunk on Mount Moriah. We have the Kidron Valley. We have the Hinnom Valley. We have the cheese of the Trawophian. People ask the question, you hear of the Holy Sepulchre, and you hear of the other place called Calvary or Gordon's Cross, Gordon's Calvary. Which one is it? Just by looking at the hand. This is God's holy mountain. This is the northwestern, because the Cheese Valley runs through it. This is, the, this is not the holy mountain of God. This is the holy mountain of God. This is where the temple was. This is where the fish gate is, Zephaniah 1.14. Out of the fish gate will come a cry and an earthquake. That's where the earthquake took place. And the cry, as he's hanging on a cross, as he would have been crying with everything, as, as he was talking to the thieves, but he's now giving father. And he says, Father, forgive them. Well, they don't know what they do. And it was God, the cry from the cross, as he would breathe every, with every ounce of strength that he had, humanly possible, though he was God in the flesh. For you and for me. Because he wasn't just looking at the Romans and saying, Father, forgive them. He wasn't just looking at the Jews who had betrayed him. He was looking through time, and he was looking at you and me. And he was saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that unless Jesus Christ comes in our life, and he, and, and, and that we are in saturated and in love with the whole, the Lord through His Holy Spirit, to to because we want to know the Father and just thank the Father that for God so loved the world, that's the Father so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It was the Father's love, and it was Jesus' love, and as the Holy Spirit would come, He would testify of the love of the Father and of the Son, because they loved that name. For there's no other name. In Genesis chapter twenty-two, verse eighteen, he says, "And in thy seed, singular, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice." Because Abraham believed God, he, he's on God's holy mountain. God did not hide anything from Abraham. He said that in Genesis eighteen seventeen, and that God revealed every all His plan. That Abraham, as you walk your son up that mountain. I want you to know that one day they're going to walk my son. But your son is going to walk out there free. But see, Abraham didn't know that in the sense as he takes him up there. Because as he's going to sacrifice him, as Isaac is carrying the beam up the holy mountain. Is that he now lays him on on an altar. He is going to slay him like a lamb. And the angel of the Lord says, take up thy hand. For now I know that thou lovest me is that one day they would take his son up that same mountain and there would be no love. All his friends that he knew stood afar off. The disciples that had been with him were running. They were afraid. And those that knew should have known better deserted him and didn't care and, and, and said, crucify him, crucify him. And it was because of your sin and my sin that he hung on that cross. And all we can do is hang our head in shame. And yet, he doesn't hold us responsible for his death. But why won't people come? It's because of guilt. My brother would say, I've done too many evil things. I've I've thought too many bad things. There's no way a God could. He forgave murderers. He forgave uh, women caught in the act of adultery. He he forgave people their sins. He healed people. He, He loves them. And yet people stay away. But God wanted to bless everyone. And it was because of Abraham. He believed God. God called Abraham his friend. Oh, to be like Abraham. That God would say, I'm his friend. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Jesus would say that to you? Oh, he did. <laughs> well, it just says that right here in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. As he said twice that he loved us. He says in verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. Is that as you heard the words of the testimony of the word of God. He calls us friends. Because we have believed like Abraham. Look what Galatians chapter 3 tells us. The very thing about Abraham. Galatians 3, he says, verse 8: And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, the Gentiles, through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. He said that three times to Abraham: once to Jacob, once to Isaac. But he says right here, I said it to Abraham. The gospel, all nations. All people. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Curses one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the matter of men... Though it not be a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed, where the promise is made, he said, Not unto seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Is that it was in thy seed. Just as he promised to the woman. Just as he promised to Abraham. Just as he promised to Isaac and to Jacob. And down through the centuries, even to Moses. Even unto David. Is this wonderful seed. This wonderful gospel. That one day the seed was going to deal with Satan. We're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This very thing about Satan. It says in verse 8. Which none of the princes of this world. That's Satan. He's one of the princes. He's, he's one with the demonic spirits. For had they known it. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What, meaning What? Why wouldn't Satan have crucified him? Because knowing that crucifying Jesus, that if we believed as Abraham believed in God, and that we asked him to come and be our Lord and Savior, because the Father was drawing us through his spirit, is that Jesus now would live within us. He didn't have to just deal with Jesus on the cross. He would have to deal with Jesus in each of us. And that's why Satan is on a, on a, on a vengeance. To come after the believer, to try to destroy the church, to go after the pastors, to, to, to pull it apart. This and that, and they said this, and they went there, and he is that he's out to destroy. Because as the Bible says in Revelation, that he is the accuser of the saints, or of the brethren. He hates us. Because he has to deal with Jesus within you, he has to deal with Jesus in you, and 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 me. That's why he hates it, and he wished he never would have crucified Jesus because he didn't know that this is what Jesus would do: is that he would come and live within us by His Holy Spirit. I will never leave thee or forsake thee, and that at the moment when that trumpet sounds. You know, and I, I was thinking about this trumpet. It's just a small shofar. It has a special sound to it. And that, that as they would blow into this, is that one day he was gonna, they would teach. There was a rapture coming. And that those that had Jesus living within them, that when the sound of this trumpet sounds from heaven, is that those that were ready, they would go up to be with him. There would be those that maybe would come in the tribulation, and I believe we're very close. Nobody knows the day nor the hour, but keep your eyes on Israel. It is God's timepiece. I gave Pastor Steve and Pastor Dwight a coin for uh, for them. I would like them to show it to you. If you have it it, on that coin, it says to fulfill seventy years. This is a prophetic coin. Maybe you could take a picture of it sometime and maybe shoot it up on the wall. Uh, It's Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. We are so close to this shofar sounding. And my challenge is to each and every one of you, don't be left behind. None of us deserve it. But he's a great God. And he desires that everybody would come when that trumpet sounds. In Luke chapter 2, we sang about that song about the shepherds. It's coming up to the season where we remember those days. And, and people wonder, well, why do we celebrate in December? Well, according to the scriptures, it's, it's when the wise men showed up. It was the, Jesus was no longer a babe. That's when, that's when they met him with the shepherds. Or the shepherds met him as a babe. And the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 2. In Matthew's account, the wise men meet him as a young child, and and we go to uh, go to Matthew's account, and we find that they Herod inquired of them, and he diligently he was no man's fool. He was the king of Israel. He saw this one as one that was his competitor, and that's why he killed the children two years and under. It was around that time that as he diligently searched, that the wise men came. It was in this season. And so, but I I would say that any time is a season to remember what Jesus did. That what God was thinking in eternity past by sending us the child, Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall rest upon his shoulders. His name is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. I and the Father are one. I wish we had time to just go through the scriptures because what does that mean, I and the Father are one? Well, Jesus is known as the Lord God. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. God, capital G, small O, small D. The Father is known as Adonai, Yehovah. That's found in Isaiah chapter 48, verses 16 and 17. Adonai Yehoveh, Adonai is is, 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 is spelled uh, capital L, small O, small R, small D. Capital G, capital O, capital D. When I look at at the Lord, which is capitalized, it is Yud, He, Vav, He in Hebrew. It's a tetragrammation, which most Jewish people will never say. But when I look at, at God, capital G, capital O, capital D, it is Jehovah, Yud, He, Vav, He. I and the Father are one. You know, it's because it's in the scriptures. But as we come to Luke's account, and that they went out, to, he was born in Bethlehem, and that they, they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Why swaddling clothes? Because of the priests. Is that the priests would take the lambs, the Passover lambs, and their hooves could not be damaged. There could be no spot, no blemish, not even on their feet. And they wrapped their hooves in swaddling clothes, or rags. So that when they, they, they were told, here's what it says in verse uh, chapter 2, verse 9. And the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid... I think if if all of a sudden, you know, the lights came on, which were brighter than ever, and all of a sudden an angel standing there, and a, a quarter of angels, is that I think we'd be all down on our knees, begging for mercy. And the angel of the Lord said, and the angel said unto them, fear not. It's a message of the gospel. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings. The Greek word here is evangelios. It is the same Greek word for the gospel, the word gospel. I bring you the gospel of great joy, don't be afraid, which shall be to all people. That's what he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and in these shall all the families of the earth be blessed. See, it's Isaiah 53, verse 6. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No, that's not what it is. I got that one mixed up. That's that's Romans 3.23. My brain does that every once in a while. Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's all about all. That all could be saved, but he laid the iniquity of us all on him. But this is the gospel. It's great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be the sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Because what would John call him? John 1, verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God was born in Bethlehem Ephrata. Not Bethlehem. Bethlehem Ephrata. In Micah chapter 4, verse 8, it says the tower of the flock. The tower of the flock is outside of Bethlehem. And we know where it is. And And many people are going there. In fact, they're even raising lambs at the tower of the flock. It is outside. Some of the churches, or so-called churches, they've got together. They say, no, it's this pit. Some say, no, it's over here. Some say, it's over there. They're waving their incense. They, they charge you to come in and see it. You know? But it was at the tower of the flock. At Bethlehem Ephrathah. And that's what the Bible even says in the book. Of, of, of both Luke. And, and in Mark. Or Matthew. And he says. And suddenly there was an angel. A multitude of the heavenly hosts. Praising God. Saying. Glory to God in the highest. This is God. This is God in the highest. That has come amongst us. And on earth peace. Shalom. That you would know the peace of God. That you would know the peace of God. From the God of peace. Goodwill towards men. This was on the heart of God. That as we come to the season. That there would be peace. Peace with our husbands and wives. Peace with our children. Peace with our our parents. Peace with, with our friends. Our neighbors. Our extended family. Peace as we come into the house of God. And that. That because God is reigning within us, that there'd be peace in our life. And it says, And it came to pass as the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. See, as soon as you meet the Lord. you know. And and when I got saved, I don't know what what it was because I was very shy. And people say, I don't think he was shy. You know? When, when after I got saved, I mean, I just couldn't help. I had to tell somebody. I it was nine thirty, December fourteenth, uh, uh, nineteen seventy six. And after I got home to my apartment in Winnipeg, I, I was saved. I was so excited. People were excited that I got saved. All of a sudden, my mom and dad are going to hell. Nobody told me that, that my dad were going to hell. Something inside me said my mom. I called up my mom at, not, at, at 11.30 at night. I said, Mom, I got to tell you something. I said, I just received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I just needed to tell you that, Mom. And my mom said, Oh, John, you got yourself into a cult. Now, my mom didn't know anything about cults. My mom wouldn't have known a cult if it had sat beside her or bit her. You know, it, she didn't know nothing about cults. But somehow that word came up, and that's what she, you know, it would be 15 years before my mom would receive the Lord. It would be 16 years after I received the Lord that my dad would come. It would be years where I have a cousin, I'd have an uncle, and it took many years for these Jewish people to finally get it. You know that God loved them, and it may be true in your family. It may be true with your relationships. Maybe there's people in your home that are not saved. On the heart of God is that he loves them. He desires that, Lord, how can I be a witness? How can I get a a Bible into their hands? How can I get a gospel message into their hands? Whether it be a track, a DVD, a CD, something that would be encouraging, something about the season, find a little gift, a knickknack, something I was just thinking of you. Lord, that... And, and he's saying that to me, too, because i got lots of those kind of things, and there's struggles. You know, when I'm, I'm talking to my brother, five minutes, you know, I, I'd say, wow, that light up there is pretty bright, you know, as I can hardly see. And my brother would say, that's not as bright as the one I saw, you know. And I said, boy, these are comfortable chairs, you know, to sit on. No, they're not as comfortable as the last place I was at, you know. It, you know if, after five minutes of that, like, it's just like I'm cringing, you know. Uh, I don't know what to say to the guy. Lord, give me something that I could reach out to him. Because the last thing I want is him to spend eternity in the lake of fire. If you believe this book, if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you know the destiny of the people where they're going to go. There's only two choices. And we can't save them. We can't change them. But God can. And he did it through his son. That if people would receive him as Lord and Savior through repentance... And say, Lord Jesus, take control of my life. I don't. It doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to you. I mean, there is opportunities to do missions right right here. You don't even have to go outside the city. There is just so many. But if the Lord leads you, you know, there's opportunities throughout the throughout the state of California. You know, the state, the states, Canada, Guatemala, Mexico, Israel. There's no limit as to what God could do. You know, if if you would let God have you. That's your choice. But I can tell you, as Irene and I were talking, I am, we've been amazed at where we have gone that we've had no money. And that God has, has gone before us and opened up doors. Uh, things that we've been able to do, things that we've been able to say. Uh, I, I had a lady come up to me one time. I was handing out tracts on the streets in Winnipeg. And, and, and I said, Can I give you some good news today? And she said, "No." And just she had a big smile on her face. No, you know. And okay, let her go, you know. And as she's walking away, everything went into slow motion. And she walked away. And within my heart and in my mind, I felt this. Ask her if she wants some bad news today. Uh, no, I've never. I, I just want to give good news, you know. And she didn't want the good news. And I, all of a sudden, I felt like my mouth just kind of opened up. And it said, dear, would you like to hear some bad news today? And she turned around, and she next thing you know, Phew, And she was right in my face. I couldn't believe how, how things had gone slow. right there. And she said, yes, I would. And she had now that kind of smirky grin. Yes, I would. I have never said this to anybody else. Because most people have never said that to me. But to this woman... And I believe it was to snatch her out of the fire, as it says in the book of Jude. I said, you're on a one-way ticket straight to hell. And she looked at me, why would you say that? Because I said, you didn't want to hear the good news that God loved you so much, that he sent his son to die for you, that if you would just repent and ask him to be your Lord and Savior, you could spend eternity with him and not have to go to a one-way ticket straight to hell. She took the track. And God's never asked me to do that again. But I've never forgot that time. As it says in Jude, you know, that with some you show love and compassion, and with others to snatch them out of the fire. Is that, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to give? Because I don't want anybody to go to hell. Because I just know that if I had committed suicide at 17 years of age, I would be spending eternity. Now, I didn't believe in it at that time. But knowing what I know now, I'd have spent eternity in the lake of fire. There was a couple of incidents in my life. I just knew that I I would not be here to tell you. I would not be able to see the blessings. We were just in Guatemala. Three people gave their hearts to Christ. I didn't save them. We can only give the invitation and tell him what great things God has done for us. What will God do with us? Even with the time that's allotted, maybe he's done great things. But what great things will we allow him to do even today and tomorrow and, and this week, and especially in this season? That as we think about those that are lost, those that are addicted, those that have got problems, you see them on the streets. We tend to pass them by. But they are souls that are destined to either one of two places. and You can't save them. God, what would you do with my life? These shepherds couldn't keep it back. They went out and they told the people. It says in verse 16, They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this, the, this child. And all they that heard, heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. The shepherds could not contain themselves for the joy that they had saw that the gospel had come. That which was from the beginning, about a son, a man, and a cross. In a very short time, in about 30, 32 years from this scene, he'd be on a cross. They said in Mark 15:32, if thou be the Christ, the King of Israel. And come down off this cross, we shall see and believe. They were asking, if you are God, because how do we know that? They, had, they said Messiah, the Christ, the King of Israel. Isaiah 44, verse 6, thus says the Lord, the King of Israel. If you're God, if you're the Messiah, if you're the King, then if, come down. We'll, we'll see and we'll believe it. But if had he come down, there would be no salvation. To the world, it would have only been for the Jews. And how many of them would have believed? Because even though they saw all the miracles, they saw all the healings, they heard about the great things he had done, they said, Crucify him. The people in the days of Noah, they saw the ark being built. Year after year after year, and probably you know after almost 120 some years, and they saw it, they heard it. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and the day that the flood came, nobody got on, and the and God closed the door of the ark. Not Noah didn't do it. That would be very uh, most horrible human being on the planet. Nobody wanted to come. And God closed the door. There's coming a day, John says, I saw a door open up in the heavens. you know, And he said, come up hither. John chapter 4. Or Revelation chapter 4. Is that John went up. But who will all go up with him? Only those who have been right because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And he's, he's calling to us. Hell is calling to us. Because anybody that's gone to hell is wishing that they were back on this earth. If anybody goes to hell, one day they're going to end up in the lake of fire. They're going to one day call from, hell, from the lake of fire saying, I wish I was back in hell. Amen. But anybody that's gone from this world, they can't cross over, as we're told in Luke chapter 16. They want to come, but they can't. And the cry is great. Go tell my brothers. Go tell my family. Go tell my friends. Go tell, go tell, go tell what the shepherds have heard. And tell it abroad. Tell it to as many people. And whether they listen, it's not your job to save them. Just tell them what great things. You know, get a two-minute gospel message of how what God has done for you. And just tell them what great things God has done. Just take two minutes. That's all you got to do. You just have to leave the thought. Just like the, the hydro the hydropoles. Jesus loves me. Just tell them something simple. That's what I believe. That he loved me. I just want you to know that. You don't have to tell them they have to get saved. You don't have to tell them that they're going to hell. You don't have to tell them. People are already condemned. They, they know it. They just need to know that there's somebody that loves them. And let God's Holy Spirit do the convicting. Because when we do the condemning, which sometimes that happens... Where they feel condemned, you know, they need to know, hey, Jesus loves them. Amen. Come to Jesus. We have got a great gospel message. I just want to end with, with one more reference. It's found in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 14, <clears throat> verse 6. It's in the middle of the tribulation. It's one of the most horrible times. According to the Lord Jesus, there's no day like it in Matthew chapter 24. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel. The gospel that was from everlasting past. That in the very first word about a son, a man on a cross, nothing has changed. That is the angels are ministering spirits. We're told in the book of Hebrews. Is that Jesus said, I'll never leave thee or forsake thee. The Holy Spirit will never leave thee. David said... Let not thy Holy Spirit depart from me. We cannot sing that song. Because he made a promise he would never leave us. Even when I sin. Even when I do wrong. That when I ask forgiveness. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. Satan would like to condemn us. God wants to convict us. To go deeper in our walk and talk. To preach unto them that dwell in the earth. And to every nation and kindred and tongue. And people saying with a loud voice. And here's the same message. Fear God. Give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains and the waters. The very one from the beginning. In the beginning. The, Father, the son, the man, on the cross. God created the heavens and the earth. It's the same message from, from Revelation to Genesis. He says that in Revelation twenty two twenty one, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The very grace that was at the end is about the very one that was at the beginning. And that when God says that with outstretched arms, he stretched out his arms for you and me because he loves you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord use you. May you see the glory of God Give him all the glory. Worship him. Tell him how much you love him. Tell those that you see how much you love them because of what Jesus has done. I could never love my father for what he had done to me until Jesus got a hold of me. And now to tell my father I love him. It brought my dad to the Lord. You know? And if my dad can come, anybody can come. Because it's whosoever will. May the Lord bless you and use you. May you be encouraged this season. Uh, And I I just want to encourage you, you know, do things for the pastors and their wives. Uh, As I travel, I I see such great distress. You know, encourage them. You know, they're they're dealing with many, many issues that sometimes you don't even see. But be thankful for what you got and, and give God all the glory for them because as they preach the word that your heart would draw closer to Jesus. May the Lord use you greatly. Thank you for letting me come.
1: Thank you, brother John. It's really good. I was hoping you were going to blow the Shafar, though. Um. Just as as the, uh, oh yeah.
0: (laughs) I I didn't want to blow it because if I blew that into the sound system, I'd have to buy a new sound system. I don't have that kind
1: of money. (laughs) I've been wanting for a long time, like when we're preaching about end times and talking about the rapture, to have someone blow one of those in the back, like right there, and see it. I'm gonna do it one of these days, Lord willing. The Lord willing. Couple of things that, that just kind of came to my mind and heart as uh, John was sharing is, you um, know, talking about sharing the gospel uh, and using gospel tracks and. um, we're a church that we believe strongly in using gospel tracks. And some of you guys really take advantage of those resources we have here, and others maybe have not you know, done that. Um, I think it's one thing that we've done right in the last 20 years is I know we've ordered and put out probably 150, 200,000 gospel tracks. Um, probably 190,000 are still in our glove boxes. No, hopefully not. <laughs> Um, but I, I use gospel tracks to share all the time. And, and basically if you're like, what's that, are we talking about running track? No, a track is just a little booklet that has the gospel message in it. Winter Wonderland will probably give out 2,000, 2,500 gospel tracks. Quality days, they gave out 1,500. Um, we even do the Clipper ad and it goes to 50,000 addresses with the gospel on it. And it's just little booklets, and we have several of them out there. Some of them are bundled for you to take. There's one called This Is Your Life, which I think is one of the best gospel tracks ever written. It's great season to give that out. It's, you know, like the, the what's the name of that movie? Um, it's, a life. it's A Wonderful Life. There you go. I'm familiar with the track more than the movie, but I know it's from that. Uh, a Bridge to God. There's one called Are You a Good Person? And then we just got a whole bunch of other tracks that I, I'm calling them uh, uh, for equipping and education that are out there on the kids check area. And John mentioned cults. There's some on Jehovah Witness, Mormons, mm-hmm. Islam. There's one called God Loves the Jewish People. Uh, that's for you to learn more about those things in a real simple format and maybe give those. The other night I had all those out of my house and I came in. One of my daughters had read through all of them. i like, man, I just learned a lot. Uh, There's one on occult out there and and evolution and creation. And we also have all of the Lighthouse Trails pamphlets, all of them, that deal with a lot of the false teaching in church today and different issues. And I can't encourage you enough to have those with you and to hand them out. I do it all the time. We'll go through the drive-thru, and there'll be some kid in there. I I always say this, hey, did you get one of these? And my kids always laugh. They go, Why do you that? Because when I say that, they think, oh, yeah, I didn't get one. I want one. <laughs> and I'll go, hey, I got one for you and for all these other guys. Oh, thanks. I was in a store the other day and the guy at the cash register, um, he had a hat on with a Ouija board on it. And I said, hey, I saw your hat there. Do you use a Ouija board? No, I just like the hat. And I go, well, I got something for you and pulled that out. I think it was the bridge to God. It's go, about the Lord. You need, I go, when you get a break, read it. Okay, thanks. And sometimes more of a conversation. It's real simple. We'll go and eat somewhere and we'll will leave with our tip. And listen, God will bless you. Don't be a cheapskate. And we'll leave a gospel tract in there. And sometimes it will open up more of a conversation. People are busy. At the minimum... You know what? You're planting a seed. At the minimum, they're seeing someone, you know, reach out to them. And that means a lot to people. You know, I've had hardly, I've had hardly any gospel tracts given to me in my life. Maybe a couple. And um, I was blessed. And it, it even gave opportunity for fellowship. Hey, thank you. And got to talk about the Lord with somebody. But, man, take advantage of those. And... They're out there as you go out the door, out there in the back. Um, we're always supplying that. Some people do. You can even, you know what? Don't tell anyone I told you to do this. You go into a restroom, leave one in there. <laughs> you know? It's, you're not littering. You're giving the gospel of Jesus Christ. So take advantage of that, and and I think it's just a word that came into, you know, just, just a word of encouragement. It's a real easy way, and, and you guys share the gospel. I try to share the gospel every single sermon, and I've had people say, yeah, I started talking to people, and the gospel just started coming out of me because that's shared not only to put the good news out for people to get saved, but there's a strategy in that, and the strategy is, is to equip you through That repetition of the gospel, we're sinners, Christ was sinless. He died on the cross for our sins. As was shared, whoever calls on his name will be saved. What a wonderful thing to go from being under the law that damns you to hell to under the grace of God that saves you into heaven. What good news. And I just really appreciate the message and the reminder and just all of the insight from the scriptures. And tonight, listen, I I see a lot of familiar faces here, but I don't know, everybody, if you haven't called on the name of the Lord. Listen, today's a day of salvation. Tonight's the time. Now's the acceptable time. And I just can't encourage you enough to come before him and ask him. Say, be merciful to me, a sinner. Forgive me, Lord. I want to put my trust in you. And it's simple. Listen, those salvation prayers in the Bible, they're very simple, but they're genuine and they're out of a heart of humility. And, and cry out to him. He'll meet you where you're at. Then I can't encourage you enough. Tell somebody. Tell someone. Confess him before man. he'll confess you before his father in heaven i think that confession is the beginnings of that fruit of, of someone who's called on the name of the lord and we got bibles out there too and praise god we just go through cases and cases of those and i know you guys take them and give them away i know some people in our fellowship they have stores and they take those bibles and they put them out and you can take those gospel tracts and do that as well we want to evangelize our community and share jesus with them and um it's real it's a real simple way And just can't encourage you enough so um let's just close with a word of prayer and lord god we thank you and just praise you we thank you for this time lord Uh, we just thank you for brother john and irene and lord we just pray you continue to bless them god as they go back up through california and then head back up to um lord our our uh neighbors to the north god to canada we thank you that they are there god and we just pray that you would just continue to give them opportunities to share the good news with uh the canadian people and lord uh here on their their tours through america and south america and uh just shine your face greatly upon them god and go before them and lord just continue to open up doors for them and doors for us god and we would just pray lord the great fruit will come out of our time here tonight and the gospel would all the more be spread. And Lord, we thank you for this time of encouragement and even equipping uh, of the saints for the work of the ministry. So, again, bless the rest of our evening and our fellowship right now. And we just pray all this in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Amen. One last thing. Um, Brother John does not have a table tonight, but he does have prayer cards. And so, if you would like to get one of those, encourage you. He'll be up here and around. And uh, absolutely, uh, you know what? grab one of those and if you got a word of encouragement or something share that because I know that's uh, a great blessing as well so God bless you guys and uh, we'll, we'll uh, you know what? continue pressing on in the Lord.